I think it's just so, I don't know. It gets so hard when it comes to stuff like this and it makes you feel isolated because there is a fine line of wanting to talk about something and being able to be open uh, with knowing when and if people should be like concerned about you, you know what I'm saying? Like emotionally. Yeah. Because there are times when I need to speak about things, but I'm afraid people are going to, like, for example, I love my therapist, but there are things that I don't say because I think she's going to take them the wrong way and not philosophical way. Like, sometimes I want to ask, like, kind of a macro philosophical question, and I feel, because I, you know, am diagnosed with mental illness, that people look at it through that lens and want to be like well is she having an episode blah 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 and it's like you know so I think uh I know for me one I'm really careful with who I speak about things to because it it's just so hard like I said it's hard to talk about things and we love Uh, to put labels on things and our brains want to categorize everything because we put we place meaning to everything and and that is how like I feel like it's a way to feel safe it's a way to feel um secure in things in a way like our human brains just want to like categorize and put meaning on everything so like but a lot of but but every experience it's uh, there's nuance you know what I mean And, and it's all individual experience and everyone's different and so not putting people or even experiences in this like rigid box I think is important like to keep in mind and a lot and not everyone sees it that way so I just hate difficult it is difficult because you learn really quickly who you can speak about things to and who you can't because as soon as I hear someone say to me um like and I I guess uh, it's it's like maybe it's warranted, but someone's first reaction to me is just like, oh, are you still on medicine or oh, have you been talking to your therapist? If that's their first uh, reaction to me, it makes me shut down completely and pretend that I don't have uh, just questions about the universe. I'm allowed to have questions because I don't understand. And a lot of those questions, they're allowed to be coming from the perspective of pain because that's my experience and I'm allowed to say those things without automatically just being like, have you talked to your therapist? Are you on more medicine? Should we fucking take her in? Like that's why. But you know what our society and yes, why people don't ask for help and especially women. And we talked about this a little bit the other night, like we're not really allowed sometimes to have emotions because we're automatically labeled as crazy. But to me, it's like, the most human thing that you can do is actually let yourself feel your emotions and it's okay to have them. And we have become so numb as a society and so desensitized and we use unhealthy coping mechanisms just like, and I'm not saying that medication, I'm not, I'm not invalidating that at all. So I want to make myself clear here, but at the same time, it's like, well, just do this or just do that instead of like just letting yourself feel how you need to feel and because it's okay and like allowing people that space to do that without 
putting some label on them or making them feel invalidated for feeling the way that they feel. I am on medication and like, I'll probably always be on it for the rest of my life, but I don't like that. That is like everyone's not everyone, but I don't like that. That is some people's first reaction to me having an emotion of, of any sort. And so, you know, you keep those things in. And I know you said women, but I mean, are men allowed to have emotions either? I don't well, think anybody's that's, allowed. that's very true. because I don't think like, anybody's allowed to have emotions. If, if a dude has an emotion, yeah, yeah, he's like, you know, not manly or whatever the fuck. And if a girl does it, then she is crazy. So it's like, right. what, what is this society where no one's allowed to have emotions in regards to anything? It's, it's, that's a good point. I mean, you're right. Like, this is why, you know, a lot of times, I mean, a lot of times men and I, God, I'm, I don't mean to like overgeneralize or anything like that, but, um, just generally, typically like women tend to be more of like the anxious, um, side of things whereas men tend to be avoidant but our society as a whole has kind of like perpetuated that because you're right men are not allowed to have emotions because that's not manly or that's not you know masculine or whatever like because of the way that we've been socialized and so you know no wonder we have like a whole society of emotionally unavailable people it's two sides of the same coin because nobody is allowed to feel their feelings in a safe space and so and I'm not speaking for everyone because I know like I said it's nuanced and everyone has their own individual experience and and everyone is different but just generally speaking um have we ever talked about that Brene Brown um vulnerability there it's not she did a TED talk like do you know who Brene Brown is yes I love her. She's amazing. I like her she she's a speaker. She is a sociologist, if I'm not incorrect. Yeah, I think she ha- she's a doctorate in sociology. So her whole thing was learning about vulnerability, and she wrote this whole book, blah blah blah. So then a um, uh, no, she she in her book she talks about this story uh, that this interaction that she had with her husband, and it was like uh, they were swimming. She thought he didn't like the way she looked in that bathing suit. He, uh, and so like there was this moment, a few moments where she was like, oh, he doesn't like my swimsuit, blah, blah, blah. She was trying to figure out what was wrong with him the whole time. And then he looked at her like, he was like, what are you talking about? And it turned out his whole thing was they were in a lake that was a moving body of water and it was pretty wavy. And he was worried because he was not only was his wife out there, but his two children were swimming and he was concerned with making sure everybody was staying alive. And so while he, his brain was on making like concerned for his family, cause they were in kind of like uh, an area that could be dangerous. Um, and she was just like, does he like me in my swimsuit? And so the whole point of her thing was talking about uh, men's vulnerability and number one, it being in a different way. And then number two, talking about how they've been conditioned not to show it because um, kind of traditionally, if he were to show fear, then she would have fear. 
So he is coming from the perspective of like, you know, I have to be here for my family because that's what society expects for him to be the strong one that knows what to do and blah, blah, blah. But it was just this cacophony of misinterpretation on both parts of this one situation. And to me, the thing that I thought was really important about it was him talking about how men aren't allowed to be vulnerable out loud. And I was like, and, and he, and like, there was a guy that was at one of her uh, book signings who made the point that like uh, women always, what do they read about? They read about the, uh, you know, Prince Charming and the white, white horse coming into saving the day, all this kind of stuff. But he said, this was his opinion. And he was like, but when women don't want to see, uh, when that's emotionally hard or anything like that, because that's not the role uh, that we were set to play for them or something to that effect. And he was like, and it's really uh, hurting us in a different way. And so it made her uh, look at her study differently because she was like, well, now I have to include men. And so I just thought, I, I thought that was interesting. So it, to me, it may seem like it's, easier but maybe we don't know you know what I mean maybe it's just as hard but differently it's difficult but in different ways absolutely yeah and and because that's not a difficulty that resonates with us we don't see it as difficulty and vice versa if they don't recognize that as a difficulty that affects them then they kind of look at it at us like why is that you know what I mean like what I don't get it so that was that was uh I, I really enjoy Brene Brown. That's really She's interesting. Fantastic. Yeah, I like her too. Brene Brown and uh, Glennon Doyle are my two uh, favorites from that genre. <laughs> I, the, we can, um, the we can do hard things. I uh, don't. I know. I've supposed you know to her? read that. You know Glennon. Now, Tasia's going to be mad because she's trying to get me to read that book like three times. And I bought it. She even sent it to me for free on audiobook. And I've started it a few times. But like, I have a real issue with being any kind of literature uh, as of, you know, the past two years. It's really hard for right. me to get through anything. So I haven't. Speaking I know, of the past two years. Oh, it's been, it's oh, yeah. been a ride. <laughs> yeah, I said to you that uh, analyzing my own patterns of trauma and the way that I operate, that I was pretty sure that I was currently in uh, Ascension PTSD because of, I guess, so here's my reasoning. It feels as though because it's the summer and mask mandates are gone, you know, it feels as though things are kind of quote unquote back to normal. that's when things set in. So I think that there's different people respond differently in trauma, right? There are Mm -hmm. people who fight people who flight, you know, I think fawns one freeze one. There's a ton of different things you can do. I'm someone who fights. That's just how I am. Examples of this are, um, and I didn't think about it until I thought about the way that I have responded to trauma. So like while it's happening, I don't think anything's happening. I'm like, we're good. We're fine. We can get through this. We're great. As soon as everything's okay. And I know like everything's going to be all right. I fucking fall apart. I fall apart. 
And it's only then do I realize that the thing that I experienced was extremely traumatic to me. And sometimes it'll be like a few days afterwards. In the case of the mall shooting, it was uh, a year afterwards. So, you know, so two examples of this one, I almost cut my leg off when I was 21. This is a very strange, like freak accident story. I lived in Nashville and I had a sliding glass door that would lock from the inside if you slammed it too shut. So I didn't have the keys to my house. I walked out my sliding door thinking I was just going to walk right back in. I closed it too hard and it locked from the inside. So one of my doors. One of my window frames, like next to the sliding door, was really loose. So I was trying to kick in the door frame. I mean, kick in the window frame. My leg slipped. It went through the glass. My leg was cut from the back of my, um, on my right calf, from the back, it was cut four and a half inches deep. So like almost to my my shin from the back of my leg, right? So instantly this happens. I feel nothing because one endorphins and two glass is actually extremely sharp. So it wasn't like it was something jaggedy that hurt. Like it went through like fucking clean and easily. But when, when I pulled my, when I pulled my, like when I, it was like two seconds, my leg went through and I pulled it back out and I see that like I've hit a vein or something because it's squirting, you know what I mean? Like squirting, like a heartbeat, you know, it's like, "Mm." Oh my God. So I'm like, I'm instantly like, oh my fucking God, I'm going to die. So I rip off my skirt and not giving a shit about like not wearing a skirt anymore, right? Like, didn't even occur to me. I immediately rip off my skirt and tie it around my leg to stop the bleeding and like immediately. That was just my first thought. So then, um, you know, the ambulance comes, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm fine. I, they, that was a whole ordeal. I get back to my house like six, eight hours later after I've been in the hospital, they, they sewed it up, all that kind of stuff. Then I get back home and then I fucking fall apart. Meanwhile, I was 21 and this is before, you know, this was 2005. So like there wasn't social media, no, it was like 2007. So there wasn't social media to get a hold of anybody. You either had a cell phone or you didn't. And at that time, like my cell phone wasn't on me all the time because there was no internet. It was just a flip phone. You know what I mean? So I still didn't have it on me all the time like one would. So I didn't have my phone. So I was at the hospital in Nashville with my leg cut open without my parents knowing, without anyone knowing, just like doing all this shit by myself. And I was like, the whole time I'm like, it's fine. I'll get through it. Blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, that's extremely traumatic. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the a- ambulance had to come get me my, uh, neighbor had to call my they had to clean up it looked like a crime scene on my front front porch because there was so much blood but it wasn't until afterwards that I fell apart you know what I mean for my leg to be immediately cut and my first thought is I gotta stop the blood I rip off my skirt and tie it around like a tourniquet like I don't even know where that came from do you know what I mean then mm-hmm. when the you know when I was in Nashville and the mall shooting happened um I instantly was like, everybody needs to call their parents. Like I'm, I'm in there and I'm like, you know, my manager was younger than me. So I felt fucking obligated to, she was losing her shit, but it was beyond that. I just instantly was like, everybody needs to call their parents, uh, go back in the back. You were like being the mob just like, yeah, just like taking it. And I'm like, okay, does anybody need anything to drink? Just like doing all this kind of things, like trying to calm everybody down. That lasted for like, I don't know, two hours that we were stuck in there. And then, 
you know, we left. And I'm like making fucking jokes because I don't know how to do things when it's happening in the moment. You know what I mean? And uh, then when we leave, it wasn't until I got into my car that I like fucking hysterically cried for like, I don't know, 30 minutes and then forgot about it immediately. And then, uh, you know, it wasn't until like a year later that it fucking hit me that like I really had PTSD because as soon as that happened, I like, there was only a month or two after living in Nashville, I put my house up for sale. I moved to Arkansas. Uh, so I did like all of these things really quickly within month, uh, you know, a couple of months after that happening. So it wasn't until I settled about a year later that it like all fucking hit me. I went back to Nashville, think like trying to go see a friend or something and it all hit me. And so that's when I realized when I was thinking about, uh, you know, I was like, I was good for 2020 and part of 2021. Like, why is it now all feeling so intense and heavy? And then it like dawned on me. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm almost positive. Like these are 100% PTSD symptoms of the past two years of dying, thinking I have it all figured out and going to be okay. Dying, thinking I'm okay. Dying, thinking I'm okay. Not just like five or 10 times, like maybe a million times. And my body can't, it doesn't matter what's happening next. Uh, I feel like I'm in a spot that I finally closed out the past two years. And I was like celebratory and like on cloud nine for like two or three days. And then now I'm kind of, the reason why I think that I knew it is because I had this immediate feeling of not wanting to rock the boat whatsoever. So, you know, everything is finally calm. And I uh, found myself going through thoughts like, well, I don't need that because everything's fine now. Like, I don't need personal goals. Like, you know, uh, I don't need a relationship because I don't want to, like, everything's good and I don't want to fuck anything up. That to me right. is when I realized that's a trauma response. It's not that yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm now okay you're freezing. With just, Last year yeah. you were fighting. Now you're freezing. Yeah. When it's over, I'm freezing. Cause I'm like, okay, we can finally breathe. And, and I'm, and I told you this, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it's because <laughs> when you um, have had so much trauma in your life, you expect it. And so it starts to feel comfortable and the in-between spots of feeling like calmness are actually the uncomfortable feeling. And it's not like you're looking for chaos. You don't want it. It's that you need it to begin so you can stop worrying about it. Because as yeah. soon as the, sh- the thing that, that hits the fan, that is kind of, you can take a deep breath because it's finally like, okay, that was the thing. So I know I can handle it, whatever it is, but now I can actually sleep at night because I'm not just walking around this world where things are finally kind of getting back to the way that I want them uh, because I'm afraid of literally everything. So I was just like, how do you, how do you go from a space of that to not creating new stories and programs? So I'm trapping myself in currently. So I was like, I I don't know, like, how do you do that? I feel like I'm in a similar space. I was telling you earlier, like, I, I've been feeling okay, and things are, you know, good right now. But um, I guess I didn't realize how much trauma I actually experienced in 2020. 
and even 2019, uh, but 2020 was a whole other thing. And I, I can also identify with feeling a little bit of comfort in chaos because that has been my entire life um, and my childhood. And that is what I have been used to. And so I felt comfortable in chaos. And, and like you said, when things are falling apart and the world is burning down around me, I'm like, it's okay. I'm fine. There's, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I'll deal with it and it'll, it'll, it'll work out. But then, you know, after everything kind of calmed down and, and 2020 was traumatic for everyone. I mean, COVID and all kinds of other things and you know the decisions that I've made when I was in trauma now I am left reeling um and and things are catching up to me that I have not given myself the space or not had the space I guess to process and to grieve and uh, um to acclimate myself to the way that things are now and now that things have, you know, calmed down, I am feeling really sad. And I don't know if I'm grieving um, old versions of myself or I don't really know what's happening or if it's just that I'm in this, like, like you said, this liminal space of in between and not in the same ways that you are, because I know you recently had a, a certain experience that you're now processing. But um, personally, and I can only speak to my own experience. I am like I had a a little moment earlier where I I just pulled up at home. I got home from work and I I had been feeling okay and I just felt this immense grief and sadness and it just came over me and I I just cried for about 30 minutes and just felt really I don't know and like had all of these thoughts like you know, what did I do and, and, and for what? All of these decisions that I've made and all of these things that I've done and, and the things that I did when I was in trauma or fight or flight, flight mode, um, now I'm coming down from and I'm wondering if I've just fucked everything up and, you know, have I made the wrong decisions? Have I, have I really done what was in my highest good? Have I, you know, what, what have I done and what was it all for? And where do I go from here? I don't know. Um, and I'm just, I feel like maybe a lot of us and, and people out there, you know, tell us, like, is everyone feeling like this right now? Now that things are calming down and kind of going back to quote unquote no normal, um, are you feeling disillusioned? Are you feeling unsupported? So, a lot of the people that I know, you know, had major shakeups in 2020, like changing of relationships, changing of, you know, um, living situations, changing changes with jobs and uh, everyday life and all, all kinds of crazy stuff. And so, like, what are what are we doing right now and how do we move forward? And, and me personally, I have felt this sense of, like, getting advice or like following these ideologies and and taking these leaps and making these jumps um that I take accountability and responsibility for like I've made the decisions it was me but at the same time now that I'm in the place that I'm in 
I don't necessarily feel that I have the support that I crave. And so like, and that that's no one's fault. But at the same time, if, if I'm not finding that support, then how do I create that support? How can we create a safe space for, you know, not only ourselves, but for other people um, that maybe need the same type of support? Because the past year has been fucking traumatic. It's, yeah, it's been like, I realized that I, I I don't know, it's like I was nostalgic and I was grieving because I was very much wrapping up a two-year cycle because I got... Uh, an extreme clearing one year exactly I mean two years exactly after I you know walked in when I was in 2019 July 1st July 1st like it was crazy and so I was having this nostalgic feeling but I was also just feeling um I don't know like I got back from war you know what I mean it's like at first you're really excited and you see everything that is and was and but then it hits, it's like, oh, how do I fucking process all that that just happened? And I think for, you know, I said to you and a lot of people, I think a lot of people this past year had to make decisions way more quickly than they would have liked to. Because I think just the way, you know, life presented us with that, that we just, that uh, people just had to make quick decisions. And yeah, I think it's okay to be like, have whatever feelings you have around that. If you're resentful that, you know, maybe it would have taken you a longer time and you, but you wanted that time, then you're okay to feel like that. Because I told you, I said, you know, if I had the choice, if I looked at these past two years, if somebody would be like, uh, you know, the path that you took or maybe a lesser intense path, I mean, path that was like spread out more, I would have chose the spread out more because I know how my body is personally. Like I have to take a hit and then I have to like process it, recover from it. It takes me a while. So all of these things are catching up to us now. And like I told you earlier, I don't know that we were supposed to wake up that fast. I don't know that it was supposed to happen that fast because we were just like thrown into this, this energy. And now it's like, we're we're reeling from all of the things that have gone down and like how do you how do you catch up to that in a healthy way and like process it because like you said we were forced to make decisions quickly and absolutely I would also have chosen the longer less intense path and and I don't I don't know that we were supposed to wake up that fast is all I'm saying because it is traumatic and I think probably a lot of people are feeling ascension PTSD right now. I, yeah, I just don't, I just don't know about anything. It's, it's like I said, it's hard to just continuously take like 50, 60, 70, a hundred hits. Um, and it's, and it's mainly like, I'm talking about like psychological ones, you know what I mean? Like, let me process you know, a shitty thing that happened in my past. And then let me like pause for a moment and then get some time. You know, if you have fucking, let's just say I'm going to use my life. For example, I know that there are like four or five extremely traumatic things that 
um, happened in my life. And that's just me. And that's a pretty easy one. Do you know what I mean? Like a pretty easy life. If you've only got about four or five extremely traumatic things. Now, those things, it like it should happen. And then you have to have time to process it. But the take all of those realizations, sometimes within days, do you know what I mean? Like, I'd realize like, oh, um, you know, it really wasn't me being drunk at a party that was rape. And then two days later, it's like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's something. And then it's not, you know, maybe you should get a week in between figuring out that you got raped a few times as a kid until you realize that like your family's not who they think they are. Maybe it shouldn't be like day after day after day after day. Do you know what I mean? Like it, that is, it feels like just being pummeled with D knot after D knot. And I don't blame you for, you know, feeling the way that you do in the in-between space. Like, Oh, now things are good and things are calm right now. It's all, it, it's almost even more unsettling because it's like, well, when is the next thing going to hit me? And how much more traumatic is that going to be? And how much worse am I going to feel? You know? I, it's no, I do know because it's, it's crazy how quickly it turned. Cause I went from like three days of like being like, everything is great. I'm st- it still feels the same, but I'm now trying to, uh, shape things that, okay. For example, like, I wanted a thousand TikTok followers so that like whenever Nick uh, and I get this deck that we're making, uh, I can do readings on there. Right. So, um, I'm not really consistent, you know, I'm not someone who can do it all the time. It's just like, whenever I feel something now instantly, two days ago, I'm like, it's okay. I don't have to have any followers. I don't, my, you know, I shouldn't rock the boat. It's okay. If I don't make a deck, I shouldn't rock the boat. It's okay. If like, I don't ever do candles. I'm literally canceling everything in my life because I'm afraid that I'm about to overstep that boundary and do one thing too much to make it all fucking come crashing down again. And that sucks because it feels like it's the opposite of what we were trying to do here. Yeah. It's like a complete 180. It's like going from, uh, like, like you said before, from the, the, the fight response to the freeze. It's like one trauma response to another. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) It's like going from wanting all of these things and then feeling, uh, I don't know, like sad or or disillusioned about not being able to get to that space or feeling blocked. But then when you're freed up and you have the space, it's like, well, I'm going to, I don't care if I get any of that and I don't need any of that because it's like, is it fear? I, I don't know. Is it just feeling like you haven't processed all the things that you need to process? I truly don't know. Uh, Because I tell you what, I'm experiencing an incredible amount of peace, but not happiness. And maybe that's not. And so now I'm kind of like, well, maybe, you know, uh, that's not what life is. (laughs) Maybe life is just being about peaceful. I don't know. It's a weird, like melancholy-ish, but not like full-on 
I don't know how to describe it. It's just one, not trying to rock the boat and two, just being like, I should just be thankful for what I have right now because we know how it felt when everything was falling fucking apart and you're just now emotionally uh, feeling regulated on the inside. So let's not do any fucking thing to make that uh, rock because it's like- To make the chaos come back. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like I don't have to do anything to make the chaos. I'm trying to I'm trying to tiptoe around it currently is what I'm trying. I'm trying to hide from it because I definitely don't go looking for it, but um I'm trying to currently hide from it because I'm scared of it. Right. It's like uh you know And in doing so, I'm like definitely canceling out so many things whereas when I was like denotting at least because I was low I allowed myself to be like well who gives a fuck let's just try to get a thousand tiktok followers do you know what I mean does that make any sense it's almost like when there was no stakes I was more easy easily able to uh reach for things because I was like well life sucks anyway like might as well just try anything it's like but being now in that, that space of like you have nothing to lose so yes. you can you can take that gamble and it doesn't matter anyway because you have nothing to lose but yeah. when when you have all this space where anything is possible and basically you're limitless and you're not blocked anymore you're afraid to receive the things that you want and the things that you you know longed for or whatever whatever it may be whatever you're trying to do um whenever you're actually able to have the thing it's almost like self-sabotage, you know what I mean? Like, just saying, just canceling it all out because now you have something to lose and you don't want to put yourself back into that traumatic space, which is totally understandable. And, um, yeah, but it sucks because it feels like we just did so much work to, like, not do that. But, yeah, yeah in a sense, I kind of feel more trapped now, honestly, a little bit. I'm hoping that dissolves. Uh, because again, like right now, I'm again. I'm just if there if a chaotic thing happens, I'll feel that initial hit, and then I can move on, and the anxiety can subside. Currently, we just have anxiety waiting for the I don't know the world to fall apart again. Because here's the thing: is it's always is it feels like it's not over, and maybe that's I don't know if that's just my trauma response. I've also heard like I feel like the world uh ending uh forecast isn't just like nope and now we're good i don't feel like that so it's like my feelings aren't invalid but now i'm just in a moment where i'm just honestly just waiting for the next terrible thing to happen yeah i hear you i'm in a weird space right now as far as like uh I don't know, like when you when you've wanted something and you've worked towards it and then you actually receive the thing, it's like being terrified uh, of actually having it or like being terrified that it's going to be the same way that it's always been. And that's me projecting my trauma onto the experience, which I'm actively trying not to do. And it's hard. Um like I don't know I don't want to go into like too much detail or anything but like I just I I don't know where I'm at right now in other words (laughs) I just don't know 
here's a weird opposition to that. So things that have been seeded, things that I've always wanted that were like a deep pain in my life. A lot of that, I would say a majority of that was cleared out with that intense energy reading I did. I did like two, it was like a reading that was crazy, a crazy ass fucking experience. And then two days later, um, during yoga, Amy did a health activation too. So I was like, I was like, so I felt like completely wiped clean, like a blank slate, my brain, everything. I couldn't even, I was just a complete blank slate. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> what were we talking about? Fucking forgot. You're you're a completely blank slate all over again right now in oh. this moment too. <laughs> okay. Yes, I am. Because I said that and then my brain said, okay, goodbye. Um, what I realized Ask is- and you like, shall receive. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So like, don't <laughs> say shit out loud. Uh, those like things that I wanted- I now no longer need them. And this is what I said to you is I said, and now that I don't need them, I don't think I fucking care. And then now I'm kind of like, well, if I don't care, then like, what's the point? You know, what's the point? So now I'm in this weird spot because I'm like, well, if you don't get it when you need it, then what's the fucking point? Because now I don't need it and I don't give a shit. So if I get it, I'm going to be like, cool, who gives a shit? Which makes so it I, even scarier because you've taken it off the pedestal and you don't need it. So now you can actually receive it. And now yeah. you can actually get it. But then when you get it, it's probably going to trigger the shit out of you. So like what I was referring to was like, I, I'm i in a relationship now, right? And like, it has been, it's wonderful. And like, he's amazing. And I'm so happy. And But at the same time, it has been really triggering for me because I'm trying really hard not to like project any past experiences onto this experience and be like very conscious with like communication and because it's really healthy like it's it's really healthy but I'm also it's it's been one of the most triggering things to me because I've never experienced anything quite like this and so it's like you want something for so long and then you're like oh I'm good like I'm fine and I don't it's whatever but then you get the thing and it's like let me make sure that I'm not going back to these old programs let me make sure that I'm not self-sabotaging let me make sure that I'm not projecting old trauma or programs or experience or whatever onto this thing that I wanted and I have now received. And so it's, it's and that, And that might be true, but I think it's really important to make sure um, that, that we're not saying um, like, everybody has a different experience. So it may be that- uh, Right, and I'm people... not trying to project my experience onto you either or anyone else. That's just my experience, which is the only thing I can speak on. Yeah, I mean, we had just talked about maybe like uh, once a month or something, getting on the Instagram live and maybe um, just like creating a place of support. Uh, I don't know if anybody would be interested in that. I don't really know how else, like, I don't really know what to do. I'm just, you know, you and I had discussed that there wasn't support. And so, you know, I had just said to you this morning, like, why don't, 
we create support. Like, what does that mean? And I suggested maybe, you know, the Instagram live of if people want to join and we could talk about it or whatever. Um, or I don't know, yeah. like, is there, maybe somebody has a better idea. Yeah. Even like, cause I, I asked those questions on Instagram this morning, like, have you felt, you know, supported in your Ascension journey or like, um, or what are some ways that have like best helped you feel supported? And I haven't, I felt like I didn't really like need to repost the answers. I just kind of wanted to hear what people had to say and like where people were. And so like a lot of like what people were saying to me was like just having someone there to listen. And so I don't know if it, it might just even be helpful to get on and just like anyone who's around and, you know, feels like it resonates for them to just have a space to for someone to listen, you know, and just feel like there's someone there that can kind of like hold a space for them to feel the support that maybe that they need, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So yeah, just let us know whatever would be the easiest for everybody or if anybody wants that, you know? Yeah. Um, because one really good thing that you brought up was that, you know, and that really, it hit me when you said it too, was that if there's something that you feel like you're missing or that you're not, you're not finding out there, like as far as support or, or whatever it may be, um, then maybe let's just create that. If we're not finding it, then let's offer that. Um, because it's not just for, it's not just for everyone else. It's for us too, you know, like this is a space for all of us to kind of share our experiences and, um, and learn and grow. And like, I don't know, just be there for people because like, to me, even just sometimes having someone to just listen is the best. That's a lot of times really the only thing that I need. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, uh, Join our Patreon. $5 a month is two bonus episodes, and $10 a month is episodes plus more, sometimes readings, sometimes other things. Um, and make sure you're following us on Instagram if you want to do those lives. We'll probably do it like, you know, uh, one from the astral account and then like, you know, add Courtney or add myself in to do the lives or whatever. So make sure you're following us. and. Uh, what else? Um, I think that's all. You can find me at Courtney and Savannah on Instagram, and us at Astral Chat. And did you say yours? Oh yeah, Brute with Jaylee and Sitch. And then, uh, you're are you still doing readings right now? Yes, link is in the bio. Cool. Same. We love you guys. Thank you for being here with us. And we can't wait to hear from you. Let us know how you're feeling, how everybody's processing things. And if you need help, please reach out. And we love you.